Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. Today's episode, I am joined by skincare expert Louise Thomas Mintz, and she has created and just launched Louise Thomas Skincare. Thank you very much for joining me today, Louise. Oh, thank you, Nicole. It's so lovely to be here. Um, and I just need to start, I know I've said this to you before, by saying that I was running up and down hills this morning listening to one of your episodes. Ah, so thank you exactly. for keeping me going up and down those <laughs> for distracting me in the rain this morning. <laughs> oh, that's, that's lovely to hear. And But today we are going to talk about your business and your journey. And you are, like you said, a skincare expert. So before you have launched a product, and it's all quite new and you're going to talk about that, fill us in on your background and how you came to launching yeah oh my goodness well I've I've been in the the skin health and beauty industry for 26 years and started out training initially as a beauty therapist um I worked as a Saturday girl at the age of 16 in a beauty salon which was very unglamorous but clearly didn't put me off because I ended up then going on and and doing my kind of full-time training And it was during that training that um, I'm actually now quite thankful, oddly, for the fact that I then developed really bad acne. Mm -hmm. Um, And although I felt that was the end of my career before it had started, in fact, what that did, kind of unbeknown to me at the time, is it gave me that real focus and passion for skin health. And it gave me an empathy for understanding the psychological impact of skin And even at that young age, that realization that, oh, do you know what? These creams and products I'm using at college are brilliant, but that's not enough. There has to be, you know, kind of other areas that we can pull on to help these people and help these kind of skin conditions and disorders. So I went on and had um, a really nice, diverse career in the industry um, from working as a full time beauty therapist initially and filling my column with uh, facials because that was really what I kind of discovered that I loved to working for international skincare brands and helping with business development. So helping other businesses to be trained in these products and develop them into their business, running other people's businesses as well. And then like doing mm, the formulations and helping them with the formulation side of things. um, Not necessarily the formulation, although one of the companies I was working for at the time did formulate a range. So I was Mm -hmm. sort of privy to that and interested and intrigued by that process. But it was more me going into other people's businesses and helping them to, um, you know, sell those products on to their clients. It was that sort of B2B set up, mm-hmm. um, training them in the approaches and the, the treatment protocols and covering the whole of the southeast of England doing that. It was my dream job, actually, um, mm-hmm. at the time. It was something I kind of aspired to, to do. I sort of always enjoyed that sort of teaching and training element. Um, and then I just got to a point where I was running somebody else's business part time and sort of giving them 
lots of ideas around, you know, have you thought about doing this? Or maybe you should set this scheme up for your clients and really enjoying helping them develop their business. But I was also teaching beauty part time back at the college I trained at. Um, at the same time so sort of dipping my toe into the the sort of the education system and and teaching on a vocational course and then I just got to the point where I thought actually what am I doing I I love teaching but actually my heart isn't in becoming a full-time college lecturer my heart actually is in helping people get over their skin conditions and actually I think my heart is also in business so I decided to take the plunge and set my own skin therapy business up, um, used that sort of signature facial formula that I'd sort of developed. But again, I didn't really know I was developing it. I sort of come like, well, actually, I'm, I'm using a bit of a, well, maybe, yeah, it's a bit of a three dimensional approach. So I'm looking at people's nutrition, because that was a fascination and, and of huge interest to me. And again, personally, I'd seen the benefit of changing my diet and nutrition positively. So I thought, yeah, I'm using that. I'm looking at them as a whole person. I'm looking at them holistically. I'm looking at their stress, their lifestyle, their sleep, what makes them tick. There's a, you know, a little bit of psychology there. Of course, I'm not a psychologist, but I understood that it was looking at sort of how they perceived themselves and their, their skin issue. Um, And then, you know, it was also about the science element. I'm a real geek. I love science and evidence. So it was literally looking at the anatomy and physiology of their skin and tapping into all of that amazing postgraduate training that I benefited from, really, um, when I went off to work for these these big sort of international corporations. So that's how the business grew. And it grew from the back of my Ford Escort because um, I something I never said I you know I was like, I'm never going to do that I'm never going to go out and be a mobile therapist it's so hard physically mm-hmm. but needs must and I hadn't I had no clients I'd been out of treating clients by that point for six years and so I had to literally start with zero mm-hmm. um, kept teaching that was my sort of bread and butter and just gradually started to spread the word try and find you know what was my message what was I trying to get out there um and and grow this this client base from from zero upwards um, and this was obviously you as a skin therapist then in terms of yes. and and using that that three-pronged approach so then let's let's take us to kind of when did you start thinking about your own products yeah I I think you know even when I was back working for the the big sort of yeah the kind of international skincare companies I guess there was an intrigue, but I don't think it was at that point that I thought, yes, one day I'm going to have a, you know, a brand with my name on it. I think that came about when I saw in the early days of starting that business, actually. And it was, a, it was a bit of a hobby. I am that sad. So well, in the early days of starting the skin therapy. Yeah, business, that's, that's it. Yeah. yeah. And I think I sort of, I was inspired by, you know, other amazing female founders of beauty businesses, um, I loved listening to their stories. Um, And so I just started just researching, listening to my clients, making notes of the things that they said they loved, they didn't like, the packaging they liked, the things that annoyed them, Mm. Um, just researching into ingredients, going to a few sort of um, exhibitions. So I was looking at, you know, what were these new ingredients coming through? And it really was probably for about the first eight years it was a bit of a pipe dream you know I never actually really believed that I could make this happen um 
And what made you finally take the leap then? It's something you've obviously been thinking about, doing a little bit of research on the side, interested in it, but then you obviously being interested in something Mm. and asking questions, you know, to a customer base is very different to then pushing the button saying, right, okay, I'm going to take the leap. I'm going to do this. What was the the catalyst to that or what was the moment that you just said, right, okay, I'm going to do it? Yeah, that's a brilliant question, actually. And I think um, I actually oddly think it was probably having my daughter it, it sort of made me realize that not that I, I needed to define myself as who I was, mm-hmm. but I think when you become a mum, it's sort of, you, you don't want to lose your identity, do you? And you do for yeah. those first, I mean, I think you do to a point always, but definitely for those early years, you lose yourself. And yeah. I just kind of felt, felt like, I can't lose myself and I can't lose that dream as much as I, you know, I love Maggie. So I think for me, maybe that was the tipping point of, right, I'm, I'm going to stop talking about this and either I'm going to stop talking about it and put it to bed or I'm yeah. going to stop talking about it and I'm going to act on this. Um, and it was the latter. So um, yeah, uh, you know, sort of probably about 18 months after I had Maggie, I then was very kind of blessed to have some really good conversations with my accountant actually and was sort of then telling them about the research I'd done and my ideas and I could sort of see them looking at me as if say okay why haven't you mentioned any of this to us before um and they just literally sat there and said do you know what I I think we might have somebody that we could put you in front of um I was like what what do you mean he said well you're going to need some investment so why don't we why don't we set up a meeting and and just you know go for it just pitch this idea so it kind of snowballed really quickly from me going loads of years of slow chat and research to oh next next week I'm going to do a like a dragon's den style <laughs> okay so um yeah so I so I did that in a, it was literally in a big old uh, boardroom. And um, I sort of cobbled together this pitch and I did that. And thankfully he said yes on the spot, which I think I went a bit pale and grey at that point. <laughs> but And what kind of, just out of curiosity, and mm, if you don't want to share it, that's fine. But in terms, was it like a percentage or what was he prepared, they were preparing to invest? Because I think it's interesting about investment because some people want to take it on yes. and other people don't, you know, and people will people will go down the whole would prefer to start it slowly, start from the beginning and 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 own it themselves. And then other yeah. people are very much uh, want the investment. What was yes. your, I know that you, I know that things happened with the investment. We can come to that in a minute. But what was their kind of, how much did they want of your business for what they were going to put in? Yeah. I mean, so there's, there's a percentage involved. Um, Mm -hmm. It wasn't unrealistic. I was, I was almost pleasantly surprised at what that was for what, for what we were asking, but yes, you know, he still is an investor and he has a percentage of the company. Um, But we needed it at that point because, you know, he's an expensive um, product to get off the ground Um, in, in, and the way I wanted to do it was, possibly a bit more complicated than uh, no offense to anybody that's done white label but somebody that white yeah. labels something so they go to a, a manufacturer don't they and say show me a cleanser well, you've oh got, yeah. yeah I'll have that one that looks good and I'll stick my name on it whereas for me because I had all of this research I had a really you knew exactly what yeah. it needed to be and for people that are listening and they don't understand 
if you don't understand skincare um it has a formula imagine it bake it's like a recipe and you've got your ingredients to bake the cake that you want and you know exactly what that cake is going to be yes you can buy another cake and put yes. your branding on it but you know exactly the texture you want it to be what you want it to taste like imagine that is skincare and that and I would imagine with your years of experience you knew exactly what ingredients you wanted yeah. You know, I don't know from a science point of view, if you knew the percentages or whatever that would be, but, you know, that you would have known very much that it needed to be specific because yours was very much it had a job to do. It wasn't just a cleansing side of things. It needed to do a specific task. Yeah, that's a brilliant analogy as well, Nicole. Um, you're you're absolutely right. And in fact, with that investment, what it allowed me to do then was to go and find the chemist, because the bit that I absolutely love about this process is is getting in the lab yeah um so and it was hard it was really hard to find a chemist back then they weren't on Instagram um so you it was are they now they are, are. They? right yeah. okay. <laughs> there are some good ones um mm-hmm. good ones out there but but it was it was very cloak and dagger yeah. and it took me quite I mean I'm talking months probably nearly a year to actually find somebody um happened to be female um is in the UK which was really important to me but exactly what you said she sent me basically like a, a brief so she's like you know try try your best to to tell me what you're after from these five products so there was five products I knew I wanted and I sort of did the brief and I sent it back to her and she went yeah that's probably one of the most detailed <laughs> detailed briefs I've ever seen um which is brilliant but there mm. might be a few things that chemically we can't do but, yeah but that was the joy and exactly as you said Nicole I then sat down with her and she, we went through it and she said you know she'd say things like I love that combination of ingredients but that one and that one might not give you what you want but have you heard about this mm-hmm. and then she'd show me all of this new ingredient technology and and that kind of is 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 the joy you know that's that's the really exciting stuff and when you get to the point of receiving that you know your formula in a sort of a test format yeah. and you, you can tweak it and um, we actually didn't really need to tweak any of them she nailed it she was brilliant um that that's just amazing um and then so what time frame are we talking about here then in terms of where are we before I don't want to keep bringing up pandemic yes (laughs) yeah no absolutely yeah so we're going back to it would be 2016 when I secured the initial investment and um we set the company up. So the other, the other company, yeah. the skincare company up, um, all of that sort of legality is done. It was late 2016. So it was sort of into 2017. And I spent really the whole of that year trying to source the chemist, you know, going through all of, all of the legalities and all of the regulations, which obviously have changed because of Brexit. Yeah. Um, but, but the initial stuff we had to do. So that whole year was really spent focusing on that and it was of course also spent on focusing on the branding yeah um, the importance of that the good thing was because I had the therapy business which had been established at that point for yeah just over 10 years I I had a really good understanding of my target market because I was treating them all day every day well you'd been doing research for eight years on them yeah (laughs) which I'm so grateful for and again if I'm honest Nicole that wasn't a plan. Yeah, it. I didn't go. I know what I need to do. I need to work on my target market. It just evolved yeah. organically, which you know is lovely. So 
although we did sit down and we did look at, you know, who, who is my target? And we did those brilliant branding exercises around that. And we came up with this person and called her Sarah, I think. Um, we still did that. It was a lot easier to do because I knew where, where they shopped. I knew what yeah. cars they drove. I knew, you know, what, what they love to do as a hobby. Um, but we spent, I would say, a good couple of years going through all of the branding, coming up with, you know, the design um, with an, an amazing designer that I've worked with for a good few years. And of course, working with the chemist and going through the formulations, but then they have to go into their, you know, all of their testing, they have to go through their stability and toxicology tests, which is a fascinating journey. And that, that takes, you know, sort of sometimes up to six to nine months. So it's Mm -hmm. a, it's a slow process, but we felt we were moving forward, which was brilliant. So you mentioned five products and we've launched with one, what's happened along Take us, take us a bit more to kind of now the launch and or what kind of happened between, yeah, you know, you had five products in your mind, yeah, developing five products. Yes. So you launched the cleanser. Are you going to tell me what the other four are or not? Yeah, I mean, we we so we've got ready to go um, a a brilliant hydrator, uh, which I think will be next up, and then three hero serums as well, um, which mm-hmm. I won't go into too much detail about. But but they're they're the five. Yeah. So what happened was we got to a point with our initial investor. And we knew that obviously we were going to need more investment at some point. Um, but we'd started going down the line of, you know, website design, packaging design. And then really, I spent the whole of 2019 finding more investment, because in my mind, <laughs> I had it very set that I was launching with these five products, and we would be drip feeding those out quite rapidly. Yeah. So at the end of 2019, after exhausting a lot of avenues, we found some more investors and we had gone to and fro for about four months, lots of, you know, looking at figures, et cetera. Mm-hmm. We were about to sign on the dotted line, all parties very excited into 2020. And of course, the pandemic hit. Yeah. The issue we had was we had 25,000 bottles and jars that were all screen printed beautifully, ready to go, sitting at the manufacturers. And suddenly we had no money to fill them. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that, that took us to, yeah, basically the, the whole of the pandemic. And if I'm honest in 2020, because of course the therapy business had to close every time we went into lockdown as well. And plus like everybody on the planet, we were worried about you know, our family's health, we were were worried about, you know, what was going on in the world. I just, I lost all of my motivation. I lost my drive. Yeah. I couldn't talk about the skincare range. I felt humiliated, I think, because I told everybody, you know, I, I kept, I'm a real believer in the law of attraction. Yeah. Yeah. And I was talking as if this product is out, you know, it's yeah. on the shelf, it's happening. Um, when we're in Harvey Nichols, I'm going to do X, Y, Z or when we're in. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and I just, I just thought I can't, I can't do this anymore. Um, so we, so the whole of 2020 really was just a, a sort of a complete roller coaster. And I think I almost got to that point where I thought, I'm going to have to let this go. I'm going to have to walk away from this investment that we've put in now 
um, that the other investor has put in? And what am I going to do with all those beautiful bottles and jars? So again, I I kind of give my uh, lovely daughter Maggie the credit here to a degree that in 2021, I don't know where it came from because we were still in lockdown, but I just found this determination again. And I and I just thought I can't let Maggie see that when it gets tough, you just you go, oh, I'm just going to yeah. give that up. And I had a brilliant conversation with somebody else in the industry who basically, it was so well-timed, said to me, right, you're not, you cannot give up. You're not giving up, are you? Don't be ridiculous. You are not giving up. You have to find a way. So the way <laughs> was that we can't go with five products because that's too expensive, but we can maybe go with one product. Yeah. How do I find a small scale manufacturer because I think that is one of the big challenges when you're trying to create these products pre-pandemic this this is a definite kind of silver lining I think of the pandemic that there are now smaller scale manufacturers that recognize that indie brands like me maybe can't yeah. afford or don't need 4,000 units but before the pandemic, the minimum order quantities were like four to 5,000 units of these products, unless you're making them in your kitchen, you yeah. know, unless you have your own little lab and you're literally blending them yourselves. So we found, thank goodness, an amazing small scale manufacturer up in Yorkshire. So again, in the UK, and they, after a little bit of begging, uh, they agreed to just look at the cleanser and they agreed to do a small run of 800 bottles and that's what we launched <laughs> eight weeks ago and Amazing. don't get me wrong from a business perspective yes it's more expensive the price per unit is more expensive than if of course we have yeah. bigger quantities but we've bootstrapped it and we just had we have to make a start um and that's the start so the, that the is amazing I know it's taken a while in terms of it for it to come but it's happened it's now out yes. there yeah and the investment then that was there but went away before the pandemic do you think you still need that or are you going to try it you're going to go for it more yourselves with being able to do the smaller scale and manage your cash flow better yeah do you know what Nicole going back to what you said at the start about um you know some brands go you know go for the investment and some brands decide to do it slowly the benefit of hindsight, actually, should I have done this right from day one? Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably I should have done. But it, then I kind of look at it and go, okay, so I've given a level of my business away, but he has allowed me to get started. He has allowed me to have all five products tucked up my sleeve and formulated. I, I would meant more the, the ones that you were going to get you know how you went that so after from you now, already secured your initial investment so let's yes. say that that's there yeah that helped you start but you know how you were going to secure and you had secured but, then after, but yes. within the pandemic it, that kind of went away so that additional investment that everyone was excited about joining and starting did you go back to that or did you bootstrap it and start, right okay no, so you've started so yeah, so we we. I've just realised people can't see you. See, see you going. Yeah, no, sorry, <laughs> sorry. So yeah, so so just to to clarify, no, we did we didn't go back to the Great. further investment. We 
we looked at once once these amazing people said yes we'll do a small run for you we literally my husband and I, I say we my husband and I who's a director mm. as well he's he's very vested uh he has his own business but he's also very vested in mind thankfully um and we just sat down and went okay I have no idea how we're going to do this but we will find the money we will do this and we will get this small run out there yeah so um exactly as you said Nicole I kind of feel that now we've got the ball rolling um you know and obviously whatever comes in from the sales that are trickling out which is brilliant I've got that captive audience so we've got them trickling out of our business as well as on our really nice e-commerce site will obviously come straight back in and we'll roll out with you know, do we need more cleanser or do we dip our toe into a small run of the hydrator? Yeah. So we're in that sort of early stage of, you know, looking at those figures, because of course we haven't, we can't look back over a year and do a forecast. It's, it's tricky. So even though I've got lots of experience in retail, still really hard, isn't it? When it's your product to go, okay, how many are we going to sell in month one, two, and three? And is that going to be the same as four, five, and six? But I think the good thing is, though, because you're manufacturing in the UK, imagine like what's the lead time on the product when if you have to make a new batch, what's the lead time? Yeah. So the lead time, frustratingly, there's a couple of ingredients in there that have a lead time of about 12 to 16 weeks. Okay. So it's not it's not terrible, but it's certainly not something we can turn around in you know a month. So we yeah. do have to try and and keep an eye on that. Mm-hmm. Um but the good thing is at least we know, you know, what those lead times are and they were pretty much on the button. So the, yeah. you know, the, uh, the raw material companies that, um, that we dealt with gave us those lead times and some of them came through a bit earlier, but they were on time, which is great. So, yeah. You know, it, it's taken a while for you to get there and sometimes, you know, like, like everything you can, you can take a step back and feel demotivated you mentioned your daughter helps drive you in and that. What else do you think drives you? I'm being very British now by saying this and then go and then feeling uncomfortable saying it. But recognition drives me. Being recognised for being good in my area. I think, yeah. you know, being sort of, I've always been like that. So when I used to dance, if I knew that I, yeah, that was good, did that really well. And then the examiner or the judge would go, did that really well it's so so that definitely does drive me yeah um but equally it's that passion and sometimes a bit too much passion for wanting to make a change to the industry wanting to make a positive change to people's skin and that I guess again is like that that recognition and that instant gratification I get on a weekly basis of dealing with clients and and I haven't taken enough before and after photos over the years, but to see that change and progression, not just in their skin, but how that then transpires to their life, which sounds yeah. a really big deal, but it really does. If you've got, no, of course it does. We all know oh. if we're having a good hair day, how we yes. feel versus when we're having a bad hair day. And that's just your hair. You know, your skin is very much, you know, a more visible uh, thing and, and obviously how it can make you feel. And the cleanser itself, is it, is it, targeted at acne sufferers or what what's different about the cleanser that you've created yeah brilliant question it's not actually um I decided not to sort of throw all my eggs in the acne basket um there's a common thread throughout the range so far so in all of the five products what we've developed is something 
that supports the lipid barrier of the skin, which is integral to every single skin issue out there. There's no point then, you know, going for it if somebody has got acne, for example, or rosacea or accelerated aging and doing all of these amazing, um, innovative and invasive treatments if actually their supportive, protective barrier of their skin is not intact. So that is the common thread from a product viewpoint. And it is a, it's a wash. It's actually um, something that reaches quite a wide audience. So although mm-hmm. I know my target market, it, men really love it. Um, mm-hmm. It's a great shower cleanse, but equally my clients that like to spend time and they like to do their balm cleanse first, they can then use my cleanser to remove that dirty balm from the skin. Yeah. So it's fairly versatile. But I think the underpinning thread of what I want to try and bring through with the range as a whole is that it's coming from an expert background. And there are so many other ideas I have as well for bringing more education to the consumer. So it's sort of pulling on my career over the years, really, on how can I teach you in to a degree to become your own skin health expert? And how can I... um, you know, sort of help you to to achieve and understand and bring you that kind of knowledge, but also now have a platform of a of a product um, to do that too. And now that you're in, obviously, more you have your own product. You're obviously, um, are you still doing the teaching and that side of things? Or no, no. Okay. So I t- I completely stepped away from the teaching. Uh, that was back in 2009. <laughs> so I sort of I graduated with my teaching qualification and then went. <gasps> And that's all from me. Thank you. Um, (laughs) I've loved it, but I cannot work in this college anymore. Um, So (laughs) So, so let me ask them what now that you're you're more on the business side and you have a lot of hats to wear. What do you struggle with? I struggle with I struggle with sometimes with setting myself realistic goals. Mm-hmm. which is ridiculous because obviously <laughs> as a teacher that's one thing that you really help your students to do and actually I'm better at doing it for other people we, we are, are better at doing other yeah, things that's for people, true, aren't we? if we could all take our own advice oh, we'd be doing well yeah so I think I am I'm unrealistic with myself I put a lot of pressure on myself and sometimes I need either my husband or mm-hmm. a very good friend or a colleague to kind of go to me you're just accept you're not going to get all of that done. That's yeah. not going to happen today. Um, and I think that maybe comes from, from being sort of brought up in that, that sort of way of thinking of you have to be doing something all of the time because if you're not, then you're lazy. Yeah. So I, I battle with that and I try not to pass that on to my daughter as well and try and help her to relax and take some time out. So I think that is definitely an area that I need help with. Um, Yeah, so definitely help with setting realistic goals. But actually, as a, you know, again, as a a new business from the skincare perspective and starting again and growing, it's being able to get to that point where you can outsource. Mm -hmm. But of course, to start with, the cash flow is not there to always be able to do that. So to have, you know, somebody that you can go, oh, do you know what, actually, if you could take that really important but small stuff away from me that's going to be so much better because then I can focus on the stuff that I only I can do and that perhaps I'm good at but there's areas of course in business where you're not an expert at everything are you I think it's those non-income generating activities yeah you know that you could 
give to somebody else when you can and knowing what you know now would you do anything differently do you know what I actually don't think I would uh it's still I cringe still when I say that because it has been you know I keep using this term roller coaster but it really is the best way to describe it and it has been awful at points but I'm actually now grateful again the same as I was grateful for having acne I'm grateful because it's actually given me quite a good story Mm -hmm. it's given me something to really talk about and to explain to the consumer you know that this this isn't straightforward and and that we do literally need your help for us to grow so um quick answer is no I don't think okay I would. that's right and <laughs> for those that w- are want to start a skincare brand what advice would you give I would probably say start small mm-hmm. <laughs> um don't be worried as I was about going I'm just going to start with one product yeah um lots of people have said to me since I've just started with one product loads of brands do that I think it's a really good way that you're doing it so perhaps that would be what I would pass on (laughs) to finish off Louise what is the best piece of advice that or the most memorable piece of advice that you have received I think it's to not worry about what other people think of what you're doing Mm -hmm. And to just focus on on your journey, yeah, and try not to compare or be influenced by others, and and worry that they're doing something that you know perhaps should I be doing that? So just stay true to yourself and focus on what you believe um, you need to achieve. Very good advice, Dave. Thank you very much, Louise. And for people oh. that are interested in knowing more about you and also looking at the product, where can they go? Yeah, so on Instagram, I have Louise Thomas Skin Therapy. So that's my skin therapist hat. And I do regular Sunday skin schools over there. And then for the product range, it's Louise Thomas Skin Care on Instagram. Fantastic. Thank you very much. I'll put those in the show notes. And if you've enjoyed the episode, I'd love for you to leave a review. Make sure you subscribe to find out about the next ones that are coming. We release them every week and you'll see more from me next week. Thanks very much, Louise. Thanks, Nicole.